Welcome back to another episode, and we're going to finish off the Nightmare series. With the remake. The one and only remake, Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010, brought to us by those great remake people, Platinum Dunes. You all sucked to me. How, how they've made the world a better place with their remakes. You had the Texas Chainsaw remake, which actually was pretty good. And then you had a shitload of remakes in the 2000s that I can't even name them. Did they all do them. the Friday the 13th remake? They did, which is puzzling because it came out a year before this, and they're so different. <laughs> right. Now, one, now, one is decent. One is whatever. a failure in humanity. In humanity. I mean, this, um, they're the company that makes the movies. The movies do have different writers. Like the writers of the Friday the 13th remake somehow were the writers of Freddy vs. Jason. The writers of this, I don't know who wrote this movie, but they are different from the writers of the Friday the 13th so, remake. Either way, the writers of the Friday the 13th remake, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they did. Well, they, whatever mistakes were on Freddy vs. Jason, they learned and made a, a better and movie. And so. the writer of this one, I literally watched the featurette, and they said, oh, well, we didn't want to do the same movie again because the other movie had no story. Bitch, you never watched the original movie. It, it's a tall order to make a good remake. And there's a lot of remakes that are pretty decent. Like Friday the 13th remake. Per, a lot of people say they don't like it for one reason. We'll talk about that when we get there, but me personally, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I enjoyed it too. I thought it was a solid entry. And even even the Black Christmas remake, for what it was, was pretty good. The 2006 one. Yes. That's the only one I know of. <laughs> not the 2018 one. That one will not be spoken of out of my mouth. So <laughs> We need to make sure, because there's three Black Christmases now. No, we need to have our audience understand that there's only one remake, and those other movies don't exist, all right? They're like Mortal Kombat Annihilation. They don't exist. Anyways. Maybe eventually we'll talk about 2006 since we did do the original. The point I want to make is that there are several remakes that are decent to above average. And by the ones that are decent, usually those are the ones that have fun with the material they're given. Because, again, when you do a remake, you're already kind of limiting yourself to what you're allowed to do. Yeah, and now that said, you have some really good ones, some decent above average ones. There is a small list of ones, though, that are, just put it mildly, some of the worst movies of all time. And I'm these talking are, about you, 2010. And these are remakes that so mess up the original concept and either don't know what, as Nick said, they proceed to act as if they have not seen the first movie or they do something way too close to the first movie with nothing original added to it. And this just messes up the whole thing. There's a few select ones like that. For example, The Fog. I don't know if you ever saw The Fog remake. Yes. Uh, um, don't remind me. Go, go away. That piece of shit. It actually, you know, it was Smallville was a supernatural before Supernatural. And they had uh, Tom Well and Clark Kent from Smallville in The Fog. And it was just an egregious, egregious piece of shit. How um, was Smallville, which is a Superman movie, a Supernatural movie, before Supernatural. You just called it a supernatural. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Um, I said it said Superman. No, no, no. You know why I said it's a be- superhero movie? Why I said because because it was like like Buffy, where it was like that <clears throat> the WB flagship show. You know, WB like every ten years, or I guess at that time they may have been changed to CW. CW, CW. They always have their flagship show that goes like eight, ten years. Smallville was like nine seasons itself. So 
Um, Supernatural wins. It's 15 seasons. Oh, my God. But you 15 seasons that nobody will ever watch. You will watch nine seasons of Smallville, the most boring show ever. That show was great. It was boring. The first three seasons were great. I just never stopped. I stopped watching after that. But But you will not watch even one episode of Supernatural. Especially now with how you're saying it like that. It just makes me be like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Why is he just... Yeah, so there's a couple that are terrible. You have The Fog. You have this movie. But I will say this. The folks at Platinum Dooms actually came out and said that there was such a backlash to this movie that for two years afterwards, they didn't get any, any phone calls at their office. There was no Platinum Dooms productions for a full two years after because of how bad this movie was received by the fans and the, and the critics, although it did make money, unfortunately. It sadly did make money. Um, but... The good thing about that is the one good thing this movie did was that you can see a direct line from 2010 where the previous five years before 2010, every single year the entire horror genre was remixed. Every damn movie from the 80s and even 90s was remade from like 2003 to 2010. And this movie having such a backlash seemed to slow that down after 2010. The one good thing about the movie is that it slowed down the trend of remakes and kind of restored the horror genre back to... The Conjuring and all the other stuff. So, thanks for that 2010 remake. The one good thing you did. All I gotta say is, this movie definitely did something else that I'm not a big fan of. It also slowed down the slasher genre of horror. Because, be honest, slasher is my favorite genre of horror. Besides, you know, psychological thrillers, but that's more thriller. You know, slashers are pretty much dead. Yeah. Yeah, you get a few here and there, but they're all the low-budget ones that honest, that no one can sit through. The, the only guiding hope... Well, there's two hopes here, basically. You have the new Halloween movies, and then you do have a new Scream movie coming out. So if that new Scream movie's big and doesn't bomb, maybe that'll rejuvenate the slasher genre. You know, after part four, I'm surprised they are even making a fifth one. I was thinking about it, and I was like, maybe... Maybe the, the Scream TV show did better than we think, and there was actually like, they are like, oh, there's a lot of money in this franchise still. I, I don't know. I mean, they did three seasons of the Scream show. The only, and also but. the only way Scream 5 is going to be any good, be honest with you, is kill one of the three main characters. I think they're going to. I think they have to. They have to. Otherwise, no one's going to continue going to see these movies when it's supposed to be a horror slasher, but yet none of the main characters are in any real danger. I think Deputy Dewey's on the shopping block. Dewey. Honestly, I put what, a, what more can you do with Dewey? So, Honestly, I'm, I'm going to say Sydney. They're finally going to get Sydney. Then we're going to follow Courtney Cox on a revenge tale to get whoever killed Sydney Prescott. I hope not. <laughs> It'll be like, I know what you did last summer, scream style. I really hope and not. And then you find out Dewey was the killer all along. Oh, my God. Folks, Thankfully for us, Nick didn't write the script for Scream 5, so all these uh, terrible ideas will hopefully not be in the actual movie. How mad would you be if that actually happened now? I'd be like, son of a bitch. I'd be mad. I'd walk out the theater halfway. So I'd be like, wait, Dewey dead? No. No, I'd be like, Sydney dead? Gail tracking the kill? No! 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 I'd be gone. <laughs> you wouldn't even wait to see Dewey be the mass killer. Hell no. I just want, I think Dewey's going to probably get it, though. It's fair. He's the weakest one out of the three. And he's the one who takes the most damage out of the three. 
Yeah. Every movie, he gets either shot, stabbed. Uh, what happened to him in the fourth one? Uh, he was okay in the fourth one, I think. Okay, no, it was it actually was, it was actually Gale in the fourth one. Yeah, it was Gale that almost finally. died in the fourth one. But either way, the first three movies, I'm honestly surprised Dewey's alive now. Well, he takes a we'll, lot of damage. We'll get more into in the Scream series, but just off record, I think in the first two movies, my understanding is that, and it was both it was they were, they were both filmed in a way where he was dead, but then Wes Craven kept being like, yeah, just have a shot of him like being rolled out in the. In the I mean, some keep tell, him alive. So. Some tells me he just liked David Arquette as an actor, and he yeah, wanted because, to be able to keep working with him. Because in the first one, he definitely died in the first one, and then I guess like in a reshoot or something, they they had him still alive at the end. But he definitely like that was his actual death scene in the first one for sure. Huh. And you could tell the way he dies in the first. Well, anyways, oh, yeah, that's a that's a podcast that's for, for another, another day. day. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get back to Platinum Dune. So um, it's raining. We are going close to the Springwood Diner when we see Keelan Lutz. When did I put on Twilight? Oh God, I don't even know who. Yeah, I don't know who this guy is. So. Keelan Lutz played. Um, he played the meathead brother in Twilight. Oh, well, that's the best way I can put him because I can't remember the kid's name. I'm glad that it's so much for his career. He was able to use that to have this meaty role in this movie, huh? I know. Good, he, good for you, buddy. So we already know. The very first character you see is always the main character in these movies. It just so happens he's already depressed, sad. We don't know how he got that way. And Fre- Freddy's already behind him. Yep. So I got to say, I dig this opening scene. I love this opening scene. It's just a shame this is where the movie peaks. Well, yeah. I mean, that's if your opening scene is your highlight of the movie, then that's that's never good. So, and also another thing I like is they're showing Freddy almost itching to use his the glove when he's sitting there scraping the uh, his fucking knives together. Yep, making that see 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 see. It's almost like he himself cannot stop moving. He's just itching to use them. Yeah, and then and even in this one opening scene, maybe it was not maybe it wasn't a great idea, but they do try to introduce all the characters in this scene. Yeah. They all just happen to be at this wonderful, splendid diner. I'm guessing this diner is the only diner in town. So I got I got the list of characters here. We're meeting Nancy. Should I also name off the actors in this? No. Okay, good. We're meeting Nancy, Quentin, Jesse, Chris, and Dean. Wow. You know, I'm not one to judge by first impressions, but by the opening scene, I don't think I'm going to be digging these characters. I mean, all I know is... I when I see Nancy, I'm thinking, okay, I don't know her, because honestly, this girl Rooney Mara did not make a name for herself yet. Her sister Kate Mara has, but not Rooney Mara. See, uh, I saw this after Social Network, so I'd already seen her Social Network. So when I knew she was going to be in this, or when I watched it, after, when it, I guess after I saw Social Network. Like, seeing her name as the main character, I was excited because I was like, she did a damn good job in Social Network. And for so I me, thought that would carry over. But for, I didn't know Social Network was after this movie. Right. So. Well, for me, I, you know, I watched this, and then I was very hesitant because of this chick to watch the girl with the dragon tattoo because she was the main character. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it, and I, I was honestly surprised. You know, she is a great – she shows she's a great actress in that. Well, what listen. What the hell happened here? Well, listen, I don't know the details, but – what they say is that she had such a bad experience filming this that she considered quitting acting the day this, this thing this thing wrapped. So oh, to be f- uh, I don't know I don't know if that was like 
the director, the other actors, what the deal was, but she did not have a fun time making this movie, and it shows. Well, honestly, I, I can say I'm glad she didn't quit because she does show her acting chops in other movies. She just was not right for this role. I would... I mean, you even said yourself, she also didn't even like the franchise to begin with. She did. She wasn't a fan. She hated the franchise, apparently. But would anybody have been right, like the way they filmed this and the way they had her character? I don't Be think. Honest, probably I don't think not. Anyway, the writing wasn't going to. The writing wasn't going to do any actor any favors with how the character's written. And then here's another character that's actually a good actor, and that's Kyle Gallner, who plays Quentin. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I've mean, seen him in plenty of things. He's a good actor, and I'm just wondering what kind of direction did these two were given that they looked like stoners more than they looked like they were tired. They look sleep deprived, but also while also being on drugs. <laughs> well, I mean, we do find out Quentin is on drugs. Um, Big surprise there. Yep. Jesse is played by Thomas Decker. I'm just going to go through the. I don't know this actor. I don't know this actor, but he also looks like, it looks like him and the other guy competed for the two roles. And they look so interchangeable, and they both have the same drugged out stoner look. It's like they were like, well, just which one of you wants to play this role? Which one of you wants to play so this one? They look like the same person. I will say this. To be fair, Thomas Decker looks more like the druggie than Quentin, even though Quentin uh, is the druggie. Um, I guess they hang out together. So, uh, they hang out together, so theoretically they're doing drugs together. Uh, that fair. kind of makes sense. But then we get a weird uh, thing where he was dating Katie Cassidy's character previously. Yes, Chris. Uh, and they don't look, they don't look like they would be in the same group at all. No. And to be honest, these actors, unlike the original movie where all the characters were friends, this one, it feels like they're not even friends. Nope. It feels like they're just completely separate from each other. Even though you get thrown tidbits like, Oh, well you like her, ask her. I was like, how do we know we, he likes her when he doesn't, he's not even looking at her. Yeah. It's weird. They're, they make it seem like there's a loose connection between all the characters at the beginning, but they're clearly not in the same friendship group. And luckily for our, for luckily for us, I guess they're all at the same damn diner at once, so we can introduce them all. But yeah, the connections are very weird, and the fact that he used to date Katie, Katie, uh, Katie Cassie's character just seems off. And to be honest with you, even Jesse and Quentin, they don't even throw me as friends. They're just—it's almost like they're just sitting there just to sit there. Well, outside the scene, do we ever see them together again? No. <laughs> wow. Well, here, here we go. So now we get Dean's death, which is honestly a great way to start a movie is killing off a character, showing that these characters are not, not only safe, not safe, but Dean had people around him. I, it kind of shows that Freddy is not playing in this. Um, I'll give a different side of it, though. I like that. So this is what Robert England said, though, and I agree with him, basically. He was like, you know, one of the good things of the original is you actually took, they took a few minutes at the beginning to establish the, the characters. You had them hanging out together, having fun, living a normal American life. And you saw hints of them being kind of, you know, being having these nightmares and stuff. But it wasn't full-blown terror built as the movie went. I like that better than this setup where everybody's already, like, been dreaming of Freddy, like, Everybody's already depressed. They all look like they've, they've stopped sleeping. And Freddy just, like, the opening kill is like, it's so quick. I mean, it, it's always better to give a character a little bit of time before killing them. Mm. So killing the character at the beginning just for shock value, I get it. But 
Nightmare is not supposed to be Jason or Michael where it's like just um, meaningless kills. It's supposed to be every death. It's supposed to be like something. But another thing that I also like is it does kind of show that, again, fear is still driving this Freddy because this guy is the one who's the most afraid of him. And he's even trying to say, you're not real. And Freddy, to him, just says, I am now. Yeah, you know, props to the actor. So they said the actor. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley. No, no, no. The actor who played the guy. In this, uh, the oh, Keelan Lutz. Yeah, they said that to, I guess, be in character, he actually didn't sleep for three days before filming the scene. Oh, fuck. So if he looks he was sleep-deprived, he really was here. So oh he probably gosh. really thought that Freddy was actually killing him at this point. So yeah, but... Uh, that's dedication, baby. I will say this. The actor who plays Freddy, Jack Earl Haley, he's not given the appropriate love he should have been given. He's given a lot of hate, and I, agree, I can agree to the hate, but... I also cannot agree that people just don't like him just because he's not Robert England. Don't if you don't like the acting, that's fine. But just don't hate somebody just because they're not a certain person. Yeah, he was in a pretty much a lose lose situation in a way, basically. Yeah, I'll say this: I think that um, over time, when I've seen people comment on the movie now, the the common thread seems to be it's always like the movie's trash, but a lot of times you see like a special like oh, but. Um, but he did a great job as Freddy. Right. So there seems to be a consensus growing that he did a great job He did as Freddy. what he, he could. Did, he did a great job as a, a horror villain in this movie. The problem, as you said, is that if you compare him to... Your brain can't help but compare him to Robert England. If you take that up and just judge this as a standalone, he's a great villain, and you, you would have loved to have seen more sequels and everything. Um, my only complaints are the goddamn Batman voice that he uses... Um, but I mean, his natural voice is very unthreatening <laughs> Fair. To, to, to say an understatement. So he had to disguise his voice in some threatening manner. So his, his <laughs> solution was he must've just watched motherfucking Batman begins and so <laughs> took also, the Christian bell. Also, so. from what I understand, uh, another thing a lot of people didn't like is that they feel like this, this, uh, guy, Jackie O'Haley wasn't threatening enough cause he wasn't as, as tall as Robert England is. In fact, this guy actually had to wear boots to make him as tall as he is in this movie. I don't agree with that complaint because Freddie is never that threatening physically. No. Robert England is a, is a let's say, tall but lanky, skinny dude. He's not like... This guy is honestly a little bit more stocky. Yeah. It's, and honestly, looks like he has some more muscle mass than Robert England does. Yeah, I don't think... Freddie's not meant to be so physically threatening beyond just his crazy looking face mm. but um no i mean from the opening scene i'm like yeah i like i like freddy i like what he's doing with, with the character um so we should mention basically that from there we go to a funeral scene i believe is that the next scene yep that's the next scene and even though i just say i do not want to go scene by scene at all no i don't uh, but, but we'll uh, hit the major points the funeral scene weird to me why is quentin even what why are they all at this funeral event? Just because they're like loosely connected somehow? And, and what's even worse is in a later scene, Jesse says, hey, Dean was my friend too. He's like, if Dean was your friend, how did you not know he was dating your ex-girlfriend? Yeah, as a matter of fact, when, you, when they saw Dean and her at the table, they got up to leave, basically. Yeah. I mean, I just I, it felt weird that Quentin was there. And um, what's the other guy's name? Um, Jesse. Jesse, okay, he's there because he's there to console 
uh, Chris. Um, console Chris. And that makes sense. And also, he's like, well, damn, this is my opportunity to get back with her. Right. Probably is what he really, really thinks. And to be honest, we don't know what connection Dean had to Nancy at all on this. But I will say this. This is the first attempt. This is the first thought. First time they did this in this whole movie, and they do it a lot. So, Rooney Mara, even though you could tell she's not a big fan of this role, she still tried to give some kind of whatever acting she tried to give. In this scene, you can tell by her face when Jesse says, you didn't see shit, back off. You see in her face that her face says, yes, she has seen it. But then they even have her say, you don't know what I see. <laughs> we didn't need that. We didn't need it. I, I just... I don't buy her approaching them at the funeral. Like, she just comes into their conversation out of nowhere. Like, where the hell was she, like, eavesdropping from? Like, the other side? Like, what? Right, and also, again... How does she even know what they're talking about? And, again, we don't even know what her connection is to any of them. You right now, to my knowledge, she has no connection to any of them. Yeah, you wouldn't walk up to two essential strangers, essentially strangers, and just start being like, I know what you're talking about. I've seen it, too. Like, like what? What are you talking about? There's been no hint so far that anything from her. There was no hint at the diner that she. And not only that, but out of nowhere, when all of her friends also start dying, when all these characters start dying, she has no emotion at all except for, oh, my life's in danger. It's like in the original movie, when Tina dies, Nancy is distraught. Yeah. And she's not even thinking that her life's in danger. She's honestly thinking that, yeah, that uh, it may, it's not Rod. But she also is thinking that, you know, my best friend's dead. I don't, I, I can't sleep. It's just, and it's too much too soon, like I said. We need to see the characters somewhat living a normal life. You're, you're too much in the thick, like, there's no character development because we don't know anything about these people. They're, they're already just talking about the Freddy stuff now. They're already talking about the Dream stuff. It's like, yeah, you need, like, the first 10, 15 minutes to actually establish... What is their life? What are their interests? What, what are their ambitions? Like, we don't know anything about these people at all. So, I've, I've actually, I don't know if I've ever seen, a, like, so little character development before. All right. So, <laughs> another thing about this movie like, is... Like, can you name anything about their personalities? Nope. Um, no, so nothing. Anything, something about this movie. They're trying to make kind of a mystery of who Freddy is, what's his connection to these characters, and I'm just wondering one thing throughout this movie, because we're following Chris throughout the first 20 minutes. Yes. And she is discovering stuff that she should not be discovering because if there is a certain time period that parents do not want their kids to remember, why the fuck are you keeping all this? Like that photo at the funeral scene that shows Dean and Chris in the same area at the same time. Why would those parents who want the characters to forget this have that up there? This is bad writing. Why would the mom of Chris still have the dress that is slashed to ribbons. There's no explanation for it. You know, credit to the movie, though. The first 20 minutes, like, I actually am interested in what's going on. Um, I was watching it, and, okay, so I saw it for the first time a long time ago, and I was watching it for the first time again. And the first 20 minutes, I'm like, hey, maybe this movie's not as bad as I remembered. And, then, and actually, I'm like, wow, like, they're giving Katie Cassie, the character Chris, they're giving her some development here we're following her a little bit she's pretty much on her own but outside of um what's his face jesse jesse's popping in and out a little bit but following her character and then i get this sinking feeling like oh wait a minute they're gonna try to recreate that scene again aren't they though like, yeah I don't, I don't i don't think she's the main character in my brain i had remembered i was like wait a minute 
Yeah, that other girl's named Nancy, too. That's a bad sign for, for, yeah, so, for, for uh, little Chris here. So. Since you mentioned recreate that scene, uh, they do this badly. First one, basically all practical effects, right? Yes. So this in 2010, of course, there was going to be an assortment of CGI thrown into the mix. But you can do it better than this, though. You can still make it look a little bit within... Uh, fuck, even, dr- even, even dream reality, whatever that is, you can make it at least somewhat realistic. This one, she was just getting thrown all around the room, and it did not look... It just... I don't know how to explain it. She's sitting there rolling on the roof. On the roof. She's sitting there being slammed up against the wall. It, and it, honestly, her face is just like, oh. Well, the, the, the point of the first one was that Freddy was dragging Tina mm. all around the room, basically. And that so the movements were pretty natural and humanistic, basically. Even though you know you didn't see what was dragging her, which actually adds a little bit to the fear. This looked like Freddy playing pinball <laughs> against and, Jason again, and, and this looked like Chris just flying back and forth across the room in an unnatural way. Nobody's dragging her. There's no intent here, and then she just randomly gets slashed. Yep, and falls in, and yeah. So, okay, now that we're done with that useless scene. So if you're Jesse. And you just see that. Well, first of all, Jesse's never seen CSI because he immediately puts his hands all up in the blood. And he's literally turning himself into a suspect. <laughs> no, there's another thing. Um, so he went through the window when he got there because, you know, there's an alarm on the house. Why didn't he go out the window? Why did he run out of the house triggering the alarm when he already <laughs> knows he's now a suspect? And probably left blood on the door and everything he touched on the way out. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, buddy. But, you know, and I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. Running from the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to run to Nancy's house. <laughs> After I had just told her to back off. Just told her to back off and have no connection with her. My, oh, yeah. and- my next instinct is to go into her window. This mofo is really good at getting into people's windows. Right. And, and how did he do that in this state he was in without making any noise? The state he was in, there should have been a lot of noise. They had this super awkward conversation where he, he, right, he told her to back off. Now he's like, we got to get him. We got to do this. And I'm like, don't fall asleep. And yeah, the I'm way like, they find out Freddie's name in this also is just. How much better is this scene if we know they're friends? Because if you remember, even in the first one, Nancy and Rod were friends. Yeah. Which you is could why tell Rod, Nancy, Nancy actually cared about him. Which is why Rod still went to Nancy. Yeah, and why Nancy got so mad when. Her father still arrested them because she was trying to protect them. Right. Like, yeah, there's connections there. Best I can tell, nobody cares about Jesse. I don't see Quentin um, go visit him in None jail. Of them visit him. So he's completely like, he's not a part of the group. It's just weird. That, that's another thing. There's in no the, connection. In the original, Nancy does go to visit Rod. Yeah. Again, showing that connection of characters to each other. In fact, she goes to check on him is when she sees Rod get killed. Exactly. It's her going to check on him to make sure he's okay. And then you see her being upset when he dies. Yeah, does anybody have a... Re- I, I, this is a pet peeve. I hate when characters have friends, people they know die, and the movie doesn't show their reaction. Yeah. I hate that because that's part of the terror. The biggest, most egregious thing was for me in the new Halloween movie was that... What's her face? The dad dies. The dad dies. No reaction. But even um, what's her, even the teenager, her best friend... Oh, yeah. The, the girl babysitting was her best friend mm-hmm. and her boyfriend. They both died. Just had their bodies in the closet so they can find the bodies. Like, that adds to the horror when you are getting chased by the killer yourself and you also see that he's already taken out your friends. There's no reaction here. So, since we're talking about everyone's reaction to Jesse's death, I kind of want to bring that up 
Because I got the Blu-ray of this movie. Also, I guess I have the brightness on my TV turned up. Because I actually found the same scene on the phone. And I figured out how they hid this, this egregious error. So, what I saw on my Blu-ray, when Freddie is talking to Jesse, because Jesse's like, what do you want, man? And he, Freddie's getting on him about bringing him back to life and all that. Right. Really bad green screen effect. You can see the lines completely over the character. Mm. But then when Freddie's about to, and I had to rewind this because I just couldn't believe my eyes. But when Freddie is about is acting like he's gonna stab him, and Jesse's screaming "No, no!" Ah, <laughs> um, yeah, Jesse's mouth was not open for those last two nos and as. Oh man! I mean, like his mouth, his jaw was clenched. He there was still fear. I will say this: the character, the actor, did show fear, but uh, he didn't make the noises, they added- and they dubbed it over. That's the egregious part, and the way they hid that was by adding shadow to the scene so that way you ah. couldn't see it was too dark to see the little green screen fuck up and the uh fact that the character didn't even open his mouth when he screamed on the positive side the line of why are you screaming i haven't cut you yet that's a great line yeah that would be one thing that will if i was saying like the top five top ten freddy lines in the series i'd put that in the top ten and you know what is another thing i actually kind of like it would have added to the, you know, the fear and kind of the sympathy if we knew the character. But even Freddie was like, "Hey, you want to know something interesting? After the heart stops, the brain still works for seven minutes, which means we got six more minutes to play." It's interesting because I've never seen that brought up before. I mean, it's true though. Apparently, it's actually a true fact. So, so and to be honest, that would have been terrifying for the audience if anyone gave a shit. No, I was laughing at the dude. I was like, <laughs> I was like, buddy, you're in for a mean six minutes. <laughs> right. If but right, if it was like any other Nightmare film, I'd be like, ah, let him go. But there's no, there's no sympathy with any of the teenage characters here because we don't know them. We don't care about them. We never will. And here's another uh, actual neat thing. I do like whoever wrote this obviously did their research on sleep deprivation because they added another thing called micronaps. Yes. That is actually a neat thing that, I've, that none of the other Freddy movies have ever done. And that's like a quick a quick nap you take like in a second basically. Yeah. Where Fred you can see Freddy like a quick vision basically, but then you're back awake. That's kind of been in the series, just not talked about. And pretty much you're hallucinating while you're you're awake, but your brain is shutting itself down. So in a sense, you're sleeping. Yeah, the series shows that all the time though, because a lot of times you see in the series where a character just like blinks for a second, their eyes close for one second, and they're still in the dream. Right. It's like they didn't really fall asleep; they just they barely. So that makes sense. And it makes sense, too, that happens when you're sleep deprived. Right. So now we get the whole back, this movie's backstory of Freddy. He's no longer a boiler room guy. He's now a gardener he's a gar- with possibly autism. He's a gardener who lives in the basement at the school and who loved playing with the kids. And Nancy was his favorite. And the kids told the parents he took us down to a special room or something and whatever the kids told them. But the kids don't re- the teens now they don't remember what they told the parents so they immediately assume that they were bullshitting and that freddy's innocent right and then freddy this one i don't understand why would freddy if he's if nancy's his favorite and freddy has been going after nancy a lot in this why would freddy show quentin what the parents did to him versus showing nancy right i don't know why because 
from my, from yeah, from our perspective, Quentin's just another victim. Right. There's nothing special about him where he should be seeing this. And to be honest, Fred, Freddie doesn't like Quentin because he Quentin gets some damage in this movie. Surprisingly, survives. Yeah, drugs. Drugs. Um. Okay. All right. But, let's let's talk about the mystery for a second. So one different one different thing this movie tried to do and was failed. they for a second toyed with the idea that maybe Freddie was innocent and didn't actually do anything, and then the parents would have killed a innocent man, and now he's basically uh, justified in his revenge. Right. So the mystery does is not a mystery when you kind of give us that Freddie is the what everyone is saying he is in this movie. Literally, when he gets gets to Nancy before. They even find out exactly what happened. He gets to Nancy and goes, Nancy, you're my favorite. You're my rubbing, number one. Yeah. Rubbing her, licks her, yep. even shoves his tongue in her ear. And you're telling me this man is not what y'all say he is? The, the problem is, this, and the, the problem in the storytelling, the problem in the storytelling here is that you're exactly right. If you want us to buy in the mystery and be like, maybe he is innocent, you can't have Freddy be that over the top evil. In those early scenes, he looks like the worst person ever. Right. Like, he literally is going to uh, kill the dude for six minutes after, while his brain activity is still there. So then, after that, you then introduce the idea that, oh, maybe he was innocently uh, targeted. It's like, nothing we've seen of Freddy suggests that he was, there's anything redeeming about him. No. So it, just, it was poorly done because I don't think the audience buys it. It's introduced so late in the movie, too. That's a problem, too. Introduced well, it earlier. You introduced it so late in the movie that literally 10 minutes later, they've solved the mystery. It's like, oh, no, he is guilty. What, what the hell was the point of that, then? Which, that's another thing. This, this whole... So, uh, to be honest, when I first watched this movie, saw the way he was acting, I already knew that the whole thing was bullshit, but I actually did was thinking... You know, that actually would have been a pretty decent idea for this remake to have him innocent instead. But you could not have him the way he is. I mean, you could have him still kill the guy for six minutes, but when he gets to Nancy and does what he does. It's just, it's, it's a hard sell because you kind of change the character. If Freddy is innocent, if he wasn't a bad person when he was alive, then it's hard to picture him becoming who he is now eh, evil spirits they, they're, they're insane yeah I mean, I mean it it's one of those things where a spirit could be walking the earth it could have kept their humanity for so long because notice how long it took before he actually started it, his revenge yeah that eventually his spirit just got he wouldn't cross over and his spirit just eventually went insane I get it but I I like Freddie more as the most evil as he can be basically and, and, and you want to know where I got that theory from? I hate your guts right now. <laughs> I, are all your life philosophies based on supernatural? That is that is your damn religion is supernatural. Unbelievable. Glad to do it to you. Why? <laughs> Son of a bitch. I mean, um, my hair my hair could be long enough to be Sam's. Oh god. Wait, I don't want to be Sam. I get my ass kicked a lot. Never mind. You can be Sam. So the other thing is, Freddy's a pedophile mm. and not a child killer. Yeah. So I, I just want to bring up. Bring up something, because honestly, we are getting close to the climax. I just want to bring up something. At the uh, at the, 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 the grocery store scene, uh, Quentin shows off his drug addictness by going, trying to get a refill. Uh, you know, when you only get refills on certain dates. 
Not only that, but if your refill thing says it is empty on refills, probably best not to argue with the attendant saying, just fill it up, just fill it up. And while snorting and sniffing your nose and showing that you're a fucking crack addict at this point. Yeah, any any credible pharmacist is going to be like, mm, I don't think I want to give this kid more drugs. And so the girl uh, goes into the place, Freddy attacks her, cuts her, and... This is, this is another stupid decision. Quentin picks her up and goes, you got to get to the hospital. What? Um, Quentin, I don't know if you know this, buddy. With how many drugs you take, you should know this. What do you think is going to happen when you take her to the hospital? They're putting her to sleep. Yeah. Na- nappy nap. Nap time for old... Uh... Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> yeah. Na- nap time for Nancy. Y'all do know that when they notice someone is sleep deprived, the first thing they're going to do... Put you the fuck to sleep. All right, here's where I'm going to defend Quentin, all right? Here's where he's a mastermind. I'm going to give him more credit than he probably deserves. This whole thing was for him to get in the hospital to get them damn adrenaline shots. This is all just a master plan for him to get the adrenaline shots from the hospital. He didn't even look for him. He just looked over, looked next to him and saw him on a damn nurse's cart. Well, that was quite the good luck for overall Quentin. <laughs> Walking by the one drug that you really need right now, the damn adrenaline shots. Okay, so now we're at the school. Both of them are micro-napping. They yes. find out Freddy actually raped them. And, and don't forget also, there's, they're, they're, they, tease a, um, they tease a romance between the two, but because we don't care about the characters or their, or their futures, none of it clicks at all. So let's also get to another part that uh, is, kinda, is supposed to be an homage to the original movie, and it just fails entirely. And that is when Nancy falls into a into the bedroom and a bunch of blood shoots out of the sit y'all do know the blood's supposed to come out of the bed right mm. the, the blood when glenn got pulled down the blood shot out of the bed um it doesn't come out of the ceiling as nancy falls through well they want to do something different with the remake so they felt like let's have the blood come from the other direction though i will say that is probably another favorite line of mine from jackie o'haley when she falls into the blood in the blood floor and he goes how's this for a wet dream I did like that. That's true. Again, I do, I do love the There's, dark snarkiness that Jackie O'Haley brings to this character. Yeah, when he's on screen, <laughs> the movie's elevated a little bit. You know why? Because when it's just the teenage characters, the movie's such low energy. You need Freddy to come in as much as possible to give the movie some energy. Otherwise, it's the most boring movie there's ever right. made, So, Okay, so uh, fight scene? Sort of? It's not a fight scene. It's... does not qualify. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, welcome to my world, bitch. And Rooney slits Freddy's throat. How the hell are you going to have the same ending from Freddy vs. Jason? It's not welcome the same. Welcome to my world, bitch. It's not the same. Uh, Freddy's head didn't fly off. Oh, my God. Uh, and then she throws a lantern, setting the entire school on fire. How is this girl not in jail for arson and possibly attempted murder? Because I doubt they found Freddy's body. The same way that Quentin's not dead after getting slashed and stabbed and his ass kicked and thrown all over the place and being stabbed with stabbing himself with adrenaline and having all kinds of drugs in him, the same way he's still alive is whatever all this explains what happened to Nancy. So. That's that's another thing I wanted to ask. So, um, Fred, in the in the right before Nancy pulls Freddy out of the dream, he he is just all over her, pretending he's about to stab her. All this thrown all over the place, and Quentin for some reason instead of automatically shooting for that adrenaline shot. It's like, Nancy, please wake up, Nancy. He's like, do, do y'all really just want Freddy to say these lines so that <laughs> way y'all have more reason to have Freddy voice? 
I mean, like, a lot's going on. Did he forget he had the drilling shot? I guess. Maybe. I do. do the we, guy's a damn drug addict. Do, I doubt he forgot. Do we have any, any evidence? He of, wanted it for himself. Does Quentin strike you as the brightest knife in the drawer? Quentin strikes me as the guy who got his ass kicked. I feel like he got killed, basically. Just the movie, <laughs> the movie kept him alive for reasons I don't understand. Did, did he really live? Because we didn't see him at the ending. We didn't even see him actually. Well, he's taken away in the ambulance. But, but did we see him literally breathing? No, we can make up our own ending where he died on the way to the hospital. Well, since how there's no sequel, he's dead. He's gone. He's finished. Yep, Quentin actually died, so there, there you go. R.I.P. Quentin. <laughs> R.I.P. Nancy's mom. He didn't die by, by Freddy. He actually died by a drug overdose. That's When they do the autopsy, it's going to be like, drug overdose. Yep. Nancy's going to be like, Freddy had nothing to do with it. It's like, so again, get too, get too much drugs. Again, too I'm, much just, drugs I'm still wondering, because I doubt Freddy's body was in that burned school. How's this woman... Not going to jail for murder and arson. They're the only two in the school, and Quentin's dead. She's alive with barely a scratch on her. Look. Did she just say, oh, yeah, Quentin kidnapped me? Took me to the school, so I had to kill him? Sometimes when there's bad writing, I can theorize and come up with an answer. But sometimes the writing is so bad that I can't even begin to theorize. I have no answers for you. No idea. So that was Nightmare on Elm Street oh, well, 2010. The end of the movie, after Freddy comes out and stabs her mom in the eyes, let's proceed to assume the cops come knock on the door and take young Nancy to jail for the rest of her life. Spends rest of her days in prison until Freddy kills her in her sleep in prison. Yeah, there we go. That's a happy epilogue for you. So that was Nightmare on Elm Street 2010 edition. Nobody watch it. Best performance. Ooh. You know, this one's kind of a tie for me. Jackie we're, we're gonna Haley. Bre- we're going to break our rule. We can give it to Freddy, all right? Oh, no, I'm obviously it's either Jackie Earl Haley or Katie Cassidy for me. Be honest. It's, I'm going to go Jackie. I'm going to go Jackie. Is it Earl, Jackie Earl Haley? Yeah. I'm going to go Jackie Earl Haley just because he has more screen. He's in the movie longer, has more screen time. She does a good job, but I can't justify best performance with only being in the movie for 20 minutes. Fair. All right. Worst performance. <laughs> Mara, Rooney Mara? Mara, Mara Rooney? Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. I'm, I'm sad to say as she's and you know what? This is not a slight on her because she's gone on to prove she's a great actress. Right. Again, time and time I'm, again, the rest of her career has been amazing. But so, this initial bump in the road was a hell of a bump in the road. If I just saw this movie, I wouldn't have expected to see her in anything else afterwards. Right. Which, unfortunately for Jackie or Haley, that's kind of what happened. Sad. The man was a great actor. I mean, he's, he's still in movies, just always side roles. Well, the Platinum Dunes crew said that nobody called their phone, so maybe nobody called his phone either. So, But they called damn Rooney Mara's phone. So. Yeah. The worst scene. The other hour and 25-minute movie. The rest of the movie is the worst <laughs> scene. I'm on the same page with you. What would you eliminate? The, honestly, the, Mr., the Freddy Innocent plot line, because... The, there's I no reason for it. And I, I, me saying the entire movie is not a justifiable answer. <laughs> I don't um, think it is. Damn. I, I would just go back to being Freddy being a child killer instead of a pedophile. It just, nope. it doesn't, it strikes me that if he was a pedophile, then. Why would he be killing people all of a sudden? As a, as a demon now, wouldn't he still be a pedophile? In a sense. Why would he but be, he would be still a, add killing to it. Maybe. But, would, but, but still, in a sense, if he was a pedophile, he'd probably Raping the kids before killing them. Yeah, yeah. I just like, in the original Freddy, he may have been a pedophile in the original, but it wasn't spelled out. It was hinted at. Right. And I think that works better that he was a child killer, and now he's still killing them as teens. With a hint of that, I, I just think it was weird. 
So what would you have wanted explored more? I put down why better actors weren't hired for this movie. Uh, well, <laughs> we have to ask. That's the behind the scenes. We have to ask. I just would have liked an a, a initial like opening ten minutes before that first kill, where we got to know the characters and saw them more in their normal everyday life versus being thrown right into the action and they're already being traumatized and all the dramas already there. Let's see them as normal, happy kids first. And something you'd want to change for me, main characters. I think that there should have been a twist where you killed Nancy first by having the name Nancy. We automatically assume she's going to be the, the final girl. You kill her in the first 20 minutes. Follow Chris. And now all, all bets are off. Now we can follow Chris and we don't know what's going to happen now. And I think probably Quentin should have died. Probably Rooney Mary. Um, Mara Rooney? Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara probably would have preferred to have been killed off in the first 20 minutes also. She probably. could have been done filming, so. Probably. So, anyway, that is all, folks. Good night. What about the overall thoughts? Well, you didn't give a star rating yet. Have you forgotten how we do our podcast? Overall rating, mo- final star rating? With, with this movie, yes. No. Okay, Let's fine. go to Nick's final thoughts. Point five. Damn. The only good thing about this movie does not cl- does not give this movie even one fucking star. If I could give this movie zero stars, I would. But there was still that one silver lining that Jackie Earl Haley was in this movie and that 10-minute opening. That is it. Everything else was shitty. It was boring. I fell asleep halfway through. The only thing that kept me awake was my wife is in the same room. That's it for me. Well, after that, after that elegant, those elegant thoughts by Nick, how can, I, how can I follow that? Let me just say that the worst thing a movie can be to me is boring. You know, all, you, can have, you can have many problems with the plot line. You can have bad acting. You can have bad production, bad editing, a bad story, and still be an entertaining film. Freddy versus Jason. Absolutely. That would be exhibit A. This movie... There's a lot wrong with it, but the biggest thing is it's just flat-out boring. It's a dull movie. There's no sense of humor. There's no comedy. I don't remember any comedic relief at all. These guys try to make the most serious horror movie ever, and it just backfires because it's super dull. The Nightmare on Elm Street series is campy. It's supposed to be campy. It's supposed to be comic relief. The absence of that just makes this terrible. If it just added some comedy, it could have gone into the... The Freddy's Dead so bad it's fun to watch territory, but they don't have that campiness. So I'm going to still go one star, though, because I think, as you alluded to, I think Jackie Earl, Earl Haley's performance, for me, gives it that one star. But you can watch his scenes on YouTube without having to subject yourself to the miserable experience of watching the movie. So one star for me. I can't just give it zero stars. It's a very unnecessary remake. It's bottom of the barrel. It's along with The Fog, the two worst horror remakes I've ever seen. So, everyone, you have a good night, and remember, if you see this movie in your movie drawer, burn it!